And welcome everyone to John Kirkland Show. This is interesting. This is going to be an interesting day, interesting show. Got a lot to talk about. Um, I know we. I know I've been off for a little while. Had a little layoff, but now it's time to get back to business. I know everyone saw the Wilder and Fury fight, and I was really surprised at the way the fight turned out because I thought maybe. Wilder would come out and be the Wilder that we know he can be. And um, it didn't happen that way. I was very not only disappointed, but surprised at the same time. But I, I will give congratulations to Tyson Fury. He, he did his thing. He did what he was supposed to do. But the rematch will, will happen again in June. And I'm interested to see how uh, Wilder comes out and does his thing. I think that the pressure is going to be on Deontay Wilder for the for the fact that he has to win to set up this Joshua fight that everybody wants to see. Joshua has unified not once, but twice, all three belts. So there's an argument there. But then there's the argument of, okay, he lost to a guy that wasn't supposed to be involved at all. And so, which was Ruiz. Ruiz ended up beating him. He unified, and then they fought again, and then obviously Joshua wins again. Tyson Fury right now holds the WBC belt that he took from Wilder. Now, the question is, Tyson Fury, he's he's probably going to lose this next one. For sure. Just because, and I'm going to say this, this is the reason why I think he's going to lose. I think he's going to lose just because Wilder has never took a loss before. And Wilder, you got to realize when Wilder comes out, he understands how important this is. But he understands that this loss, he didn't take it too well. And he exercised his claws within 30 days. So now he has a lot to prove. And I think that's where he's going to, he's going to, he's going to beat Fury. He's going to beat Fury because he has something to prove because plus everyone wants to see Wilder, Joshua. Nobody really wants to see um, Tyson Fury and Joshua. Nobody wants to see that. I know I don't. Dylan White is a WBC interim champion. I think Dylan White would have been a good fight for Anthony Joshua. I think that that have been an interesting fight. Um, I guess he tested positive for a banned substance. That fight was supposed to take place, and that's why the fight's not taking place now. But I'm just going to say this for all the the people who are listening, all the fans that are listening. I think when you talk about boxing, people want to see real matchups. People want to see real matchups in these weight classes. Nobody wants to see these committees giving out mandatories on people that don't deserve title shots. So this is what I think should happen uh, here in 2020. I think that I would like to see at the 126 featherweight division, I would like to see WBO champion Shakur Stevenson to take on Gary Russell Jr. for his WBC title. Okay. And at that point, I think the 126 uh, division would be a division of interest at that point because you got a young kid Shakur Stevenson uh, tearing guys up you got Gary Russell he's just waiting on some real competition so I, I think that would be a great fight I also think let's move up to 130 
at the 130 division, junior lightweight. I want to see Leo Santa Cruz versus Miguel Burchette. Leo Santa Cruz holds the WBA uh, junior lightweight title. Miguel Burchette holds the WBC junior lightweight title. And I believe at 130, that should be the fight at 130. And I think that's what the people really want to see. At the 135 weight limit, Lomachenko is already going to be fighting Tiafimo Lopez. And it looks like it's going to be somewhat of a unification here because you got Lomachenko, the WBA and WBO lightweight champion at 135 against Tiafimo Lopez, his IBF title at 135. This is the way it should happen. We all know Lomachenko is going to go ahead and beat Tiafimo Lopez. He's going to unify, get all three belts. And I think at that point, it should be Javante Davis putting up his WBO regular championship belt against Lomachenko, who's unifying all three belts at the lightweight division. I think that makes perfectly great sense, not only for Mayweather Promotions, not only for Javante Davis, but also for the division at the 135 because at that point you realize who's the man at 135 at that point you realize okay we got two of the best fighters at 135 and at that point you're looking at Javante Davis saying look do I want to move up to the 140 mark or do I want to stay at 135 or even maybe go back down to the 130 and fight Farmer, which wouldn't make sense. I think fighting Farmer would be maybe the last option. Maybe the last option. And I don't even think we should even have this conversation after he lost to Jojo Diaz. It doesn't make sense. Not for me. It doesn't make sense to even even have that discussion. So that's what I think should happen at the 135. Lomachenko, go ahead and unify and then fight Javante Davis. Uh, on Showtime pay-per-view. I think that just makes sense for everybody. At the 147 mark, and this is the most interesting division in all of boxing. All of boxing. It has to be. Looking at 147, I say this. I say go ahead and fight. So you got Manny Pacquiao, the WBA welterweight champion, should fight Earl Spence, the WBC and IBF champion. Reason why is because that could set up a potential unification bout with Bud Terrence Crawford, which is what everybody wants to see. I think that if Manny Pacquiao can beat Earl Spence, then it should be Manny Pacquiao versus Bud Crawford. There's gonna it shouldn't it shouldn't make too much of a difference in that fight as far as getting that deal done. Earl Spence and Bud Crawford would probably be the better fight. But I think that if they can't make the fight with Manny Pacquiao, I believe Earl Spence should give Bud Crawford out the gate an opportunity to fight. And I think right there you would unify the um, the WBC, IBF, and WBO titles. I think you could unify there. But I say Manny Pacquiao should fight Earl Spence. Manny Pacquiao put up his WBA, WBC, and IBF titles. They all should put it put it together and fight at 147 and then unify with Crawford uh, for the WBO title maybe later on in the year of 2021. That should happen. I think everybody wants to see that. 
Um, I believe that uh, Danny Garcia had his opportunity. I don't think the opportunity is now. I think Keith Thurman hit that ship, sailed and gone. I mean, the list goes on um, as far as that, that concern. Now, at the 160 middleweight, this is what I want to see. And this is what the fans want to see also. I want to see Jamal Charlo, the WBC champion, versus Demetrius Andre, the WBO champion at 160 for a potential unification fight against Canelo. Let's go on ahead. Let's go on ahead and, and, and nip that nip that in the bud. If you can't make that fight happen, so let's say Charlo fights Demetrius Andre and Charlo wins, but Charlo can't get the fight with Canelo. I think Canelo just continue to fight at super middleweight because he, he has a belt in both divisions, 160 and 168. So I say Canelo, go ahead and fight Billy, Billy Joe Saunders, who you're fighting down. And you're pretty much going to win the WBO title because Billy Joe Saunders has a WBO title. Now, I also want to see the WBC champion uh, Benavidez versus Caleb Plant. Now, what that means is that when Bill, when Benavidez fights Caleb Plant, Benavidez has the WBC. Caleb Plant has the IBF. Joe Billy Joe Saunders has the WBO title. Canelo is going to get the WBO title. So it should be either Benavides and Caleb Plant fighting one of one of those two fighting uh, Canelo. It makes sense because when you're talking about unification bouts, that means that you're gonna you're gonna rule the weight class at that point. So I think it makes sense. If you're a champion or if you got multiple belts, I think that it should it makes sense for Canelo to fight at 168, either Benavidez or Caleb Plant in a unification title. Because Billy Joe Saunders is not gonna be is not gonna beat Canelo. That's for sure. And I, I know that right offhand. So I don't I don't think so. I don't think that that fight should take place unless Benavidez or Caleb Plant is willing to fight. Canelo and I don't think Caleb Plant wants any smoke with Canelo. That's for sure. I don't I don't think so. And I, I think Benavidez will take on the opportunity because Benavidez is tough. He's a tough, tough guy, tough competitor. And I think it would make sense for Benavidez and Canelo to fight at 168, in my opinion. So those that that's what I think should happen as far as this boxing thing goes. As far as these weight classes as far as these champions i mean let's just let's just cut the bullshit and let's go on ahead and make these fights happen because what happens is is that if these fights can't get done then we're looking at mandatory so you're you're going to hear about somebody you don't even know nobody wants to see that and then guess where the, guess what the fight's going to be televised on pbc boxing you know you're going to look at it on fox or you're going to look at a fight on the zone or you know, Showtime is, is the best place you can fight anyway. But maybe Fox, it's second secondary, but I I think so. Now, let's get on to this NBA thing. And, you know, the Lakers played the Clippers yesterday. And this, this first half of the year, I've been getting so much criticism about the Lakers and the Clippers being the best team in basketball and this and that. And I have to say... Last night, or yesterday rather, it didn't look that way to me. It didn't look like the Clippers were the best basketball team in basketball. It didn't look that way. And and, and they were healthy 
yesterday. So no one can sit here and tell me they were not healthy. The Lakers played the Clippers, the final, 112-103. Anthony Davis went 11 of 19 for eight rebounds. He had 30 points. Had 30 points. You're looking at LeBron James, 7 of 17, 7 rebounds, 9 assists for 28 points. Avery Bradley went 9 of 17, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 24 points. Now, I believe that that's the factor is Avery Bradley. can The question is, can Avery Bradley play like that in the playoffs? If he can play like that, I believe that the Clippers are in big trouble because I saw the game yesterday and there was no defense played on Avery Bradley. Not at all. Not at all. And he was open. So he took 17 shots. So he took the same amount of shots as LeBron James and made two more shots more than LeBron James. Kawhi Leonard went 9 of 18 for two rebounds, 27 points. He didn't pass the ball one time because he didn't have an assist. Now, what happens? Now, my question is, is the game different if Kawhi Leonard had maybe six or seven assists in that game? Does that does that does that increase Paul George's uh, stat line? Montez Harrell. I believe it'd be a different game. Paul George went nine of 16, six rebounds, three assists for 31 points. Montez Harrell shot better than anybody on both teams. He went seven of 10, eight rebounds. He had 20 points. That guy wants to get paid. That's just the bottom line of that. He wants to get paid, ladies and gentlemen. 70%. That's awesome. Also, also want to say this for, for those that think the Lakers are, are sorry. The Lakers shot 44% from the field. They actually shot 29% from three-pointer. The Clippers shot 39% from the field, and they shot 22% from the three-point line. So I think that's all we need to know. The, the Lakers shot, they were the better shooting team. And to let everybody know, the Lakers outscored the Clippers 63-46 to in the second half, meaning that they outscored they were 17 they were 17 points better than the clippers in the second half 17 points better than the clippers ladies and gentlemen that's 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 impressive and everyone's right we lost twice to the clippers but we lost we we got blown out the first time the second time we lost for the simple fact that we couldn't close it out in the fourth quarter bottom line but we had to close it out this time, and I think we did a great job this time. So next time, it's going to be interesting. But you also got to understand the playoffs are right around the corner. And the one thing we must realize is that the Lakers are already in the playoffs. So in other words, they're already going to be the number one seed no matter what happens. So even if the Clippers beat them, they would just win the, the season series. That's it. That's it. It, it. It's not gonna. It's not gonna justify our seating because we're already qualified. So that would matter. I, I think the Clippers. Their biggest issue now is seating. Can they remain number two, or is it Denver that's gonna take over the number two spot, or is it gonna be Utah that takes over the number three spot, even though they got the number four spot? Because all those teams are a game or a game and a half behind each other, or they're tied. 
So I think that's a Clippers issue. It's all about seeding. It's all about seeding. So I think the Clippers, they need to get it together and figure it out because if they end up playing uh, the Nuggets, that's going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough series for them. If the lake, if if the playoffs started today, today you're looking at the Magic and the Bucks, the Nets and the Raptors, Philly and Boston, Indy and the Heat. Now this is an impressive stat line because you know the Heat. He ended up getting Jimmy Butler. They added a few rookies. They added some guys. They got Andre Iguodala now. They added, you know, so they got some pieces over there. But the interesting thing is they're a fourth seed. They're a fourth seed. And then you also got to look at the fact that the Nets, they're in the same boat they were last year. They didn't have Kevin Durant. They didn't have Kyrie Irving. Guess what? They're still the seventh best team in the East. And they don't have them this year. They're still the seventh best team in the East. That's impressive. So imagine when KD and Irving get there. That's a different basketball team over there. And so I'm looking at them maybe being the number two seed. Because eventually they're going to be better than the Raptors. And right now the Raptors are the number two seed. So they're going to be better than the Raptors. That's for sure. Now if you you transition over here to the West, the Memphis Grizzlies will play the Lakers. The Mavs will play the Clippers. The Houston Rockets will play the Nuggets. The Thunder will play Utah. Now, I want to get to the Thunder here. The Thunder got rid of a guy that was the son of Oklahoma City, and that was Westbrook. So now you have to think about that trade when they made the trade. The interesting part about that trade was was that you get rid of your best player, you bring in Chris Paul. A lot of people are not high on Chris Paul, but they're saying, hey, I don't want to trade for him because his contract, so on and so forth, whatever their 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 analogy is. But Chris Paul is playing lights out for the Thunder right now. I mean, they're the fifth best team in the West. That's hard to do. That's hard to be if you don't have players that you're accustomed to having. Because at one particular time, people said, well, without Westbrook, the Thunder ain't going to make anything. They're not going to do anything. But they do have Gallinari. They do have some other guys there. So to their to their defense, yeah, that's true. They also are going to play Utah in the first round. Now, mind you, that's if the playoffs started today. That is what we're looking at. Houston Rockets against the Nuggets. I think Houston has to be healthy. I don't think the small ball, I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Nuggets from the small ball perspective just because the Nuggets got a big guy in the middle who's very dominant. And I think that Houston's going to run into some trouble there in that series, in my opinion. The Mavericks and the Clippers, uh, the number seven seed versus number two seed. Again, if the Mavs can figure it out, uh, Luka Donich, that guy, that's a bad man over there in Dallas. Oh, man. I don't know how he does it. I mean, he's an all-around player. He's a guy that makes everybody better in Dallas. I think the Clippers are going to have to have an incredible series in order to beat the Mavs. And I think the Mavs can probably squeak out two or three wins in that series. Memphis and the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to play tough in this series. I think the Lakers will probably get a sweep. I don't think Memphis is that good as far as uh, beating a very talented Lakers early. I don't think so. And I think that this would just give the Lakers an opportunity to prepare 
for the Clippers in the next round. But the thing of it is, is for the Clippers, if I was the Clippers, I wouldn't mind losing two or three games down the stretch because what could happen is, is that you want the, if they were smart, I want the Lakers. If, if, if I had to go through the Lakers, I would want the Lakers to go through maybe the Mavs because the because the Mavs play really well against Lakers, maybe the Nuggets, maybe the Thunder. I would want them to run into a team like that before we play them. But the question is, can the Lake, can the Clippers beat the Cavs anyway? I mean, the Mavericks anyway at, at the seven seed. So I think the playoffs is going to be interesting. That's for sure. The top five picks in this draft, and that was decided by record, not by the lottery ball, but the lottery ball will play a part in the way these uh, draft picks are going to work. You got the Warriors at one, Hawks at two, Cavs at three, Minnesota at four, and Detroit at five. So those are your your teams that are uh, really horrible this year. Um, You guys can go on Twitter and vote for your MVP. Is it Giannis? Or is it the uh, LeBron James? You can vote on Twitter, uh, John Kirkland II. That'll be John Kirkland, number two, ND. Um, you can go ahead and, and make your vote uh, who it is. But I, I got King James. I think King James is the man. I think he deserves MVP this year. Let's, let's move over to college basketball. It is tourney time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is tourney time. It's that year again, tourney time, where you have uh, St. Mary's is playing in the West Coast, uh, the WCC semifinal. And you can watch that tonight on ESPN at 8.30. It's going to be St. Mary's versus number 15, BYU. BYU is very, very tough. Um, You're also going to look at the WCC semifinal ESPN at 6. It's going to be San Francisco versus number 2, Gonzaga. So those games are going to be live tonight. On ESPN. Now let's move over to college football because right now, these are my rankings. These are my rankings for college football right now. You got for me, it's gonna be you know Ohio State. Ohio State's number one to me. They got everybody coming back. I think that they deserve right now preseason poll to be number one. Number two, Clemson. I think the reason why is because I don't think Clemson's losing too much. You're gonna lose some players, but they're not losing too much. They had a great recruiting class this year. I think they're right there at number two. I think LSU, same thing. They're going to lose a quarterback. They're going to lose a few guys, but they got a nice class coming in uh, at, at number three. I think at number four, I think Oregon. I think Oregon is going to be number four. I got them at number four, and then I got Georgia at number five. And I know a lot of people that are listening to it, to this, they disagree with what I'm saying, but... I'm looking at it from a standpoint of talent. I'm looking at a standpoint of recruiting class because again, you have some of the best players, but at that same at, at the same time, you have to be able to replace those guys. You only get four years or less with them anyway. So you have to be able to replace those guys when that happens. Going forward, the NFL. Um, I'm hearing right now Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offer Dak Prescott $33 million per season, more than $100 million on the table in guarantees. Now, how do I feel about that if he signs 
if he signs the contract. I feel great about it. I feel that it's more than fair for what he's produced for the Cowboys. I believe if he would have won the MVP and won the Super Bowl, then I think that's when he can maybe dictate, hey, I want 35 or hey, I want 38 or hey, I want to be the highest paid quarterback. I I get that part. But right now, I think that it's more than fair. I think it's more than fair because his salary is going to be along the lines of the Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger. It's it's more than fair. It's more than fair. I hope he signs it. I hope he gets the deal done. And, and that way, you know, he can go back to focusing on football. You know, he's one of the highest paid play uh, quarterbacks. Uh, I think Russell Wilson is at 36 somewhere. I know he's between 35 and 38 for sure. So I think that when you produce on the field, I think that that's when you deserve that money. But they're giving him more than 100 in guarantees. Man, just sign the contract, man. Let's get it over with. Let's get this season started. Now, when you talk about Dallas Cowboys, what do I think we need in the draft? What what? So the question was, what would I do if I was Jerry Jones at this point? First of all, I want to give him some credit for hiring a great football coach, a proven football coach, a championship football coach. I like that. I like that. That that was impressive. And then you added some key components to that staff. We got Joe Philbin. List goes on. I like that. Now, that's that's a start in the right direction. The Dallas Cowboys, with their first pick, They need to get defense. I want defense, 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 period. Also, since we're going to sign Dak Prescott, I'm pretty sure he's going to sign that deal. Go ahead and franchise tag Omari Cooper. Let's run it back one more year. I think the Dallas Cowboys are better than what we performed and at the level we performed. We lost to a beat up. Philadelphia team who was using their third string. Horrible. We're much better than that. Everyone knows that. I will say this. Congratulations to the 49ers. They came up short in the Super Bowl, but I believe that they they exceeded expectations in the sense that no one thought they would get that far. No one thought they would win 13, 14 games. I didn't. I had them winning eight or less. That's the truth. So congratulations to them. Um, That was awesome. And congratulations to the Chiefs for getting the job done. Right now, they're considered the best team in the AFC right now. Mahomes, that's a bad boy. Because in that first half, Mahomes scared me for a minute. He, He made a couple of turnovers. The 49ers went on a run. And then they just collapsed in the fourth quarter with seven minutes left to go in the Super Bowl. I was very, very surprised. However, in the 49ers defense, again, ladies and gentlemen, the 49ers are very young. They were very inexperienced. Experience played a major key in that in that game. I believe if you were to run it back with the same time, same team, same players, same everything, I think the 49ers would win on the fact that they would understand what they needed to do the last, four, last seven minutes uh, in the fourth quarter. For those that are listening to the John Kirkland show, thank you for for tuning in. 
every Monday is going to be where you can listen to me. Um, the John Kirkland show, uh, tune in, um, whether, it, whether you're driving to work or whether you're just, you know, cruising in the car or whatever major, uh, platform, uh, you're listening to me on. Um, we're just, re- this is the first episode of the John Kirkland show. So we're, 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 we're dialed in now. We talk about all the sports, uh, on the next episode, tune in next Monday, we're going to get dialed into opening day for baseball. Uh, my Dodgers, of course, you know, I'm going to talk a lot about that. Uh, I'm also going to talk about the Giants and the direction that the Giants are going in as far as the MLB. And then we're going to get right back into the NBA, see where the teams fared. And we're also going to prepare for the NFL draft and talk more about the combine and talk about these players. Talk about where where Joe Burrow should go. Is he a real good fit for the Cincinnati Bengals or not? Um, you can also look on my Twitter page, the John... John Kirkland, the second ND, and we're going to have some Q&A questions. So don't be afraid to jump on the Twitter page and voice your opinion. Um, I see the opinions all the time. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, and, and tune in every single Monday afternoon, um, the John Kirkland Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for tuning in. We will see you next Monday and you guys have a blessed week.